Okay, we're back for another episode of Smashy Business and we're at Step Conference right now. I'm Lubna Hamdan. And I'm Richie Fitzgerald. Good to have you back with us, Richard. Nice to be back. Well, he did an excellent job yesterday, day one of Step, and he's going to be with us every week now. Uh, it was great to have him. You had a really good conversation with him. Yeah, yeah, we did. And you had a great conversation this morning. You had a panel about localized content. Yeah, day two of Step on the digital stage. How, how has it been so far? And give us your blunt uh, answer. What do you think of Step this year? I think it's great. Uh, you know, fair play to Ray and the team. Uh, it's definitely got a startup vibe and the Internet City people who help put it on like that. I passed by in the afternoon yesterday and it was packed, it was quite busy. Sun is out, it's very colourful. They've got this Bauhaus theme going on with the colours and yeah, they moved the Earth stage a bit closer to us here, the wellness stage and digital. Yeah. They've got the step start and the, you know, they had that good panels on yesterday. They were, I just passed by one this morning that they were talking about uh, in raising money and the different types of terms that you use when you're in early stage, you know, I had to get used to it, like there's safes, there's notes, and there's a new one called KISS that I don't know what it stands for, right. some acronym. Uh, so, that, so it's educational for people, it's really good. We see all the boots around us here, the background noise, there's lots of startup stuff. The AI, the fintech and AI stage is probably the most buzzy one this year. Yeah. Google Cloud had a keynote yesterday where they revealed Gemini to the region, which is quite cool, like happening at Steps, so well done for Steps, it's a bit of an exclusive for them to get that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they've had a, an exclusive of their own Step. They announced uh, yesterday that you can, they're, they're basically looking to, I don't know if it's exactly franchising or not, but you can now host Step in your own city. A bit like TEDx, TED Talks, yeah. Yeah, so they're taking it global. How exciting is that to have something regional go global? I, I think it's quite innovative that Step are doing that. It's quite cool. I know that you know uh, they have looked at doing Step in the US as well. Uh, they might do one this year. Like they've had Step Saudi. They've done a Step Pakistan one. Uh, so they're constantly innovating at Step Group, and uh, you know I think that would be quite cool. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but imagine there's a, a restaurant or a bar in like Berlin that has a, a Steps pop up, or whether it's regional uh, you know Middle Eastern founders that want to do something or uh, any immigrant really I think you know from knowing how the step brand grew and how they want to uh, get into America it's tapping into that immigrant mentality of and immigrants do make the best founders in many ways right like Elon Absolutely. Musk is South African uh, Steve Jobs's dad is Syrian as biological father you know so basically Apple is a Syrian company obviously right yeah yeah uh, so headquarters <laughs> should be in Damascus clearly yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> love it um, no but you know what they should do it in Moscow they should do it in London um, yeah. and speaking of Moscow I noticed a trend this year at step is so many startups coming so many Russian founders are choosing Dubai and when you ask them they say actually it's not because of you know the the current um, the current war that's going on between Russia and Ukraine it's actually because Dubai is so impressive you know tech wise and just the the ecosystem for startups and it's so much easier to to set up small businesses here I totally agree I think it was interesting during the pandemic right when people wanted to get out of New York and they tried Tallinn in Mexico and they tried Bali but they ended up here like the creators ended up here you know and I think uh, a lot of what people were talking about uh, you know 
it's like, oh yeah, the, you know, things happen in the region when Arab Spring, so they naturally had only Dubai to go to. Mm-hmm. No, not, not really. Like, you know, it, it's, not, it's because, as you said, it's because Dubai has a lot to offer. It's got the regulation in place. It's got the startup stuff in place. And, you know, obviously there's a war happening in Ukraine and, and, and Russia, but uh, they could go elsewhere, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yet they come here. Yeah, I mean, they love it here as well, right? The weather, um, the the offerings and and all that. Uh, Shall we quickly get into the the news? And then we have a special uh, interview with the two founders, actually, who are Russian, uh, who came from Russia and all across Europe. And they launched a startup called Slice, where you basically are able to, it's both for customers and for restaurants. So B to B to C, you can slice or um, share the bill basically yeah nice. uh, how long does it take people to share the bill Un- unless you're Arabs then it just takes you a long time to <laughs> fight over the bill yeah. <laughs> right so it's cool uh, stay tuned for that uh, let's talk about BuzzFeed big news BuzzFeed is selling um, the e-commerce and content platform uh, for streetwear it's pop culture it's called complex uh, they're selling it uh, to network for about 108 million dollars and uh, it's more than BuzzFeed's own uh, market cap, which is around 31 million. Uh, that's crazy, isn't it? And they also announced they're cutting staff by 16%. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that, Richard? I love this story. It's in my wheelhouse. You know, I obsess over modern media companies and I hope that other people care about them. But I realize that, you know, BuzzFeed, you know, isn't big in the region. It's not really a story that people follow too much. And it kind of had its moment, that clickbait sort of Facebook feed era, and people kind of think, is it still around? But I think what's, many things interesting about BuzzFeed, you know, Jonah Peretti is ex-Huffington Post and he's still there, he's running it. He was uh, determined and love that, you know, when the kind of 2021 SPAC, the reverse mergers were happening, and Angami were part of that, and Angami, Angami now are delisting because the SPACs went wrong, and the modern media companies thought that they would go public, um, Angami went public at a 220 million valuation, but they thought they would go public at higher. And now they're listed, they're listed their mark cap is 50, 60 million or so. Um, and uh, BuzzFeed were, went public at $1.2 billion. They raised money in 2017 at 1.5 billion valuation. And many people said that the stock markets misjudged these media companies as tech valuations, and they did. And these media companies couldn't live up to tech valuations. And the founders tried to tell a tech story sometimes. And Rami obviously is a tech story, but BuzzFeed isn't. BuzzFeed is viral videos, content, and that's what they do best. And they're still good at it. But when they went public, they dropped. Imagine going from 1.2 billion. uh, You know, um, I I personally, like I just looked at my Baraka app and I think I had five or six, just anecdotally and being transparent, I think I put five or six thousand dollars into BuzzFeed and it's worth six hundred dollars. So it shows it's been and that wasn't even at the highest price. It's been decimated. And your story was really good this morning that you kind of mentioned that if they don't get the stock up from 30 cents to a dollar by May, they'll have to delist from the Nasdaq. And when the money was announced with OSN Plus uh, by Kipco in, in, uh, in Kuwait, the 50 million dollars fee, that's to help them get off the Nasdaq. Uh, Angami. Yeah. But what BuzzFeed have done, when they went public in the same 
transaction. I think the guy's name is Rich Antonelli, I'm not sure, but he founded Complex, and Complex is a sneaker thing, and their biggest asset is Complex Con, which is a conference where all, all the sneaker heads go. And in BuzzFeeds, they haven't released their full 2023 report yet, but they said that Q4 earnings were down in events. Yeah. Uh, some people say that they didn't execute on the acquisition of Complex well because right. they didn't understand events well, they understand video well. So now they're spinning off. They bought it for 300 million, but it was, it was stock money. And now they're selling it for $108 million cash. Yeah. So as you said, like it's listed for 30, but could you buy it for 30? No, because the shares, right? But uh, so now with this overnight, their shares went up and after hours trading 137%. So they're probably I don't know when it when it markets open at, at uh, you know at, at 5 p.m. Dubai time today, the Nasdaq uh, we will see their price and the price will probably be 80 cents, probably a bit short. And Jonah Peretti is brilliant at educating the market or getting his stock up. And he did an AI announcement six months ago and it went up to like two dollars and it went straight back down because yeah. people looked under the hood. So you know, like I think it's really difficult to navigate these stock markets when you're talking modern media companies. Uh, modern media companies are in a difficult phase. It's not sexy to even, you know, love in Dubai and our, our stuff. It's really hard to hire journalists, generate revenue in a modern way. Yeah. And BuzzFeed are, are, you know, even with today's announcement, they still announce 16% staff cost on top of selling off a big business. It, it's difficult times, but it's interesting that you mentioned Anrami and I mean, generally, I think a lot of companies are overvalued, and, and we spoke about this a couple of years ago with Faham Al Qasimi. But um, what, what, where do you think Anrami went wrong? Because you know they are delisting. Do you think it was too early for them to list? Do you think they should have listed to begin with? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know if Anrami went wrong. Like, I, I, I mean, look, I think the stock market and the readiness, like. Uh, 200 engineers out of Beirut listing an audio company, a tech audio company on the Nasdaq. How can we paint it to be a failure story? Like, right. I, I don't know if they went wrong, but they've been unlucky. The timing in the SPAC, uh, the SPAC thing in hindsight was a was a mistake, but I don't know if it was their fault. Uh, the there was a lot of pressure from MEP and others who invested 10 years ago in Angami and didn't have any liquidity. So what are you going to do? You're running out of options. And the regional markets weren't ready as well, but you know, but they had consumer cut through. Like, I, you know, you pass. I'm, I remember being in Hurghada, in the uh, you know the east coast of Egypt, and seeing Angami flags around the place. Like, we did a, an event last night in Bahrain for the launch of Vox Cinemas. Love in Bahrain logos were there, alongside the Angami logos. So Angami is synonymous with the region as a streaming service. Users know it. You know, did they get the enough revenue from subscription? Probably not. But in time, they might. Did they? Uh, they launched their studio business last year. They made songs for Cartier and others. That brought in three million dollars in revenue, right? Maybe if they started that earlier, maybe, maybe, caveat, partnering with a sales side, Schwery, DMS, might not have been the right way to do. But they didn't have an office in Dubai at the time. So what else are you going to do? Right, right, right. So you know, but you know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't blame them on, on any level. I think you know. Why, why are they leading the tech now with OSN Plus? Why are they the engineers at Angami are the ones that are going to help OSN Plus get off the licensed software that they use in the US to have their own streaming service here? So what Angami is doing is broader than, and one of the things that Angami I think is reason, I hope they stay public, I didn't sell my shares 
even though, and I'll still have them, but I won't be able to sell them when they're private. Why? Because of Eli Habib, right? You know, Eddie's amazing as well, but Eli is, is obsessed with AI. Right. And I think to have a leader that really believes in AI and he, you know, he gets in the weeds and he does the coding himself. Like, look at NVIDIA is the darling stock in the US at the moment. I checked the app this morning. They're up 14,000% Lubna in 10 years. 14,000%. My brother texts me, he has major FOMO. He was at Google in, in the US <laughs> in 2017. He was like, everyone's talking about NVIDIA and chip. And he's like, I should have just bought shares in NVIDIA, right? Because so, but <laughs> Eli Habib is a, they're still listed. They haven't delisted yet. He's the founder who believes in AI. And he's talking about movies for you, personalized AI movies on OSN. Yeah. He's talking about different things, right? So, uh, you know, the, we had Gemini yesterday. There's an AI stage on step. Like, you know, I, as a founder of media company, I should be more, all, I should be spending more time reading and learning about AI and my, my company and people should be because uh, especially with content, that's the future. But so I don't know if they, if they, where they went wrong, but definitely there were, there was, mistakes on valuations mm -hmm. and uh but some of these things are out of our control but mm -hmm. they're still alive and they're still going strong i love how passionate you are about this richard it really is one of your favorite topics media isn't it? and content you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's my uh favorite topic yeah. no i love it and it's crazy you mentioned the pressure from mevp towards Rami because you know yesterday and we're going to put up the episode today uh we spoke to saeed nofali the director at uh, in5 the incubator here in dubai it's part of the tcom group and he was saying actually in Investors need to check the books before investing in startups and they need to focus on profitability and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, um, it's funny because in that particular case, maybe they should not have pushed uh, Angami too much. Maybe they could have waited a little bit and they would have made the right decisions and would have had, a, would have continued to, to be on the stock exchange. Yeah, but maybe it was the founders thing as well. Like maybe they wanted liquidity. I mean, I don't know if it's just one. I mean, I've named the VC, but I don't know if it's just them. Like there's other things that play like, uh, you know, and uh, what we see is secondaries are quite popular now, which is where the investors can take money off the table without exiting. Um, you know, and there's many unicorns uh, that haven't listed yet, like Stripe being one of them, right? Like uh, where the founders have been able to line their pockets without selling the company through secondaries. And, you know, I think we're seeing more creative ways in the region. And as the ecosystem grows and different types of financing comes into play it gives you other options you know look when something's hot it's hard to know like uh it's hard to know if something's a bubble right like obviously right now SPACs and nfts were a big bubble right yeah and people got burnt right and so it's easy to say it in hindsight but it, when you're right in the heat of it it's hard to really uh, see that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great conversation, Richard. Thank you for your time. Um, we're going to stay tuned. We're going to uh, plug in the interview with the founders of Slice. It's a really interesting app. If you ever struggle uh, with splitting the bill at a restaurant or if you are a restaurant and you struggle with people taking so long to split the bill, uh, check them out. Up next, watch us, uh, stream, stream us on uh, smashy.tv or listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, or of course your local homegrown business, support them and Rami, thank you. Alona, co-founder of Slice. Have you guys ever been to a restaurant with friends um, and just struggled to uh, split up the bill? Well, Slice is the solution for that, not just for uh, customers, but for restaurants as well. Alona, tell us a little bit about Slice. Oh, thank you for having me here. So, um, me and my co-founders, 
When we uh, studied in the European Business School, we visited lots of countries, mostly Europe, France, Spain, Italy, UK as well, America, and here Dubai as well. So we faced a big difficulty with paying in restaurants. Everywhere in the world where we have been, we always struggled with payments. It mm -hmm. took us sometimes, you know, 40 minutes just to complete the payment, especially if we were like a large group of people, 20, 30. It's impossible to split, to pay properly, to pay quickly. So we realized that we need to solve this problem because dining experience should be enjoyable and not painful. And payment process is the most uh, uh, painful process uh, in can, dining. Can I tell you one yes, thing? Yes. The most painful thing with, when you're dining with Arabs is fighting over the bill, over not, the bill. not splitting yes. the bill. Oh but luckily God. in Dubai we have a lot of mm -hmm. expats who yes do need mm -hmm. these solutions. And, and I think young Arabs are as well are, mm -hmm. are you know, economic times are tough, guys. Mm -hmm. We need to split the bill sometimes. Yes. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So we decided to create the solution that uh, is on the table, it's here. You can scan with your mobile phone like in uh, any time of your experience in the restaurant and just see your bill right away, pay immediately in 15 seconds. Or maybe you can split the bill if you like and also leave the tips because I think tips is also important because you want to kind of encourage the good service and uh, you want to appreciate the waiters that uh, are serving you. Absolutely. And a lot of restaurants keep the tips as well. They don't give them to the waiters, do they? You know, I don't think so. I, I hope not. Uh, so what we heard here in Dubai, so what we normally do with tips is they collect them in the pot mm -hmm. because it's not only for waiters, but it's also for the kitchen. Mm -hmm. It is also for the barman, for example. Mm -hmm. So in these people, sometimes they are lacking it. So they do it together and then uh, split mm -hmm. it uh, equally. Good point, good point. Why did you choose Dubai? Because you, you came from, uh, from, from Moscow. Yes. Uh, why Dubai? So uh, when we looked at the markets, we were thinking about European markets, American market, Dubai market uh, as well. We realized that Dubai is very, very modern city. It is the place that is very technologically savvy. So the people really using mobile phones a lot, they do pay, they do use quick payments. Mm -hmm. So this is the place where people would actually enjoy having this solution. Because, uh, you know, for example, in Europe, sometimes they bring you the check still on paper and a pen. Mm -hmm. You know how funny it is. Yeah. So in Dubai as well, we see that uh, it's a place for attracting money, for investments. And we also see how well developed the uh, startup ecosystem is here. And here at the conference, for example, we uh, see a lot of uh, funds, a lot of accelerators. And we already know most of them for the whole year that we've spent here. So Step Conference, I guess, is uh, the place to be. And and it's interesting. You you know, it's great to hear that the ecosystem is is growing here, and and mm -hmm. you know, it's becoming more and more established because you know, someone coming from Moscow, for example, mm -hmm. it, it's great to hear you say that about Dubai. Um, how did you find out about I mean Step Conference, and how how has your experience been so far? Uh, step. Uh, so we were basically looking at other conferences. I think it was called Leap Conference. It is in Riyadh. Yes. And then we suddenly realized that there is probably other conferences that are not in Riyadh but in UAE. Mm -hmm. We just checked Google and it was immediately Step Conference. Realized it's the biggest one. It's mm -hmm. almost like the biggest event here in yeah. Dubai. And uh, we definitely see it. How well, how professional it is. We immediately, you know, signed in and we are presenting our startup tomorrow, showcasing it here. Oh, tomorrow you're showcasing yes, it? Yes, yes, we have uh, our like booth, so not like Great. we don't have a presentation, but we have a booth Amazing. where we can stand uh, and you know, we will see, uh, we will show our QRs, we'll show how the solution works, Great. so Great. we expect uh, 
a lot of positive uh, outcome from this. Absolutely. Well, we're going to speak to your co-founder. Uh, absolutely, Rustam, absolutely. Uh, sh shortly. Yes, but, uh, it was nice to talk to you. Lovely yeah. to talk to you and, yes. and great, uh, great to see, you know, um, startups from outside. Uh, it's great to see that Dubai is attracting startups from outside. Uh, sure, sure. This is the place that we love. Yeah. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Thanks. <laughs> Rustam, you're the co-founder of Slice and you're bootstrapping the business. It's a year old. You came to STEP conference hoping to find funding. Are you looking for funding? What is the plan? Uh, yeah, so this STEP conference is a great chance uh, for in, not only for startups, for investors as well. So this is a uh, platform where we can meet and talk, exchange our opinions, give feedback. So uh, we applied for many uh, funds. We see angel investors. Sometimes we don't. We have a lack of getting uh, feedback. They just saying sorry, uh, you don't really fit. Uh, and here we can approach them and ask. Okay, so can you remember our startup? Just remind about us again, and ask for uh, transparent feedback. And it's uh, it worked really well. So even today, we talk with uh, free. Uh, VC and accelerators, and they give us provide a really valuable feedback that we can use, like to improve our solution, maybe pivoting a bit. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's it's a great chance. And and, and, and what is the, the biggest challenge that you found here? Uh, so far, uh, in order to be more lucrative for VCs or other funds, uh, we need to gain more traction. So I think that's the the main feedback from their side. So we just need to validate uh, more find uh, clients uh, mm -hmm. just to so improve more marketing as well right which right. is what we're doing right now basically yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> um you you talked a little bit about uh, p pivoting um is there anything you would have done differently or is there anything that you're looking to change in the business what what is the challenge when it comes to you know uh, b2b and uh, you know to, to see <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, yeah, that's true. So startups uh, may f go through many, many like challenges, and every time you face the wall, I would say. So we approach the client, we talk to them. We think like we strongly believe that here is the value, but the client eventually says, "Okay, now I, I don't see the value for for that." Mm -hmm. So we need to find a way how to pivot a bit. Mm -hmm. So uh, or we face uh, the main challenge for us from the customer perspective, from the end users, I mean, for the guests of the restaurant, they see our solution as a very convenient, very valuable. Mm. So it gives them opportunity to pay quickly. Mm -hmm. But from the restaurant side, they don't see that pain at all. So as we are operating on the B2B market, so we need to actually find a valuable mm -hmm. solution for the restaurants, not for the guests. So for now, we see that the main differentiator for us is the data. So restaurants don't have a proper data. Right, right. That's a great point because we do have a data crisis, I would say, in the Middle East. Every time that you want to look for statistics, it's just so difficult to do that. So you, you think you're going to be focusing more on that? Yeah, so uh, for now, uh, what we're trying to build, we're trying to build a data analytics tool. So mm -hmm. with the data we get from the restaurants, from the gas, so we will be able to uh, highlight the growing trends. So what's the items in the menu sells the most? What's the least? And you can adjust the menu based on that uh, data analytics uh, within the certain price range. For example, similar as uh, the any sellers 
do on Amazon, for example. Mm -hmm. You looking at the data, you see all the competition, you make a, an investment decision uh, within a, your price strategy, within your uh, uh, item strategy. Right. So same for the restaurant and location as well. So you see that, okay, what's the preferences of the certain neighborhood towards which uh, cuisine, which mm -hmm. menus items. I mean, I think it's a brilliant concept uh, you. and, uh, you know, wish, wish you the best of luck. Thank you And also, I think restaurants have so many issues here. I mean, I, I think they could use the data, right? It's such a volatile market. The, the F&B market restaurants open and close, you know, sometimes after six months. Um, so, uh, great startup idea. Thank you so much for, for being Thank with you. us. Thank you. Thank you for having and, me. And, uh, and we'll see you around. <laughs> Thank you very much. See you around. Thank Enjoy you. the show. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, tune in on Smashy TV and listen to us on all uh, audio platforms. Thanks. <laughs>